I'm Ben Thompson, and this is Pure Tinnitus, the podcast that educates you about tinnitus therapy, tinnitus treatment, and research for a cure. Learn from the experts in tinnitus, hearing loss, and audiology. Each podcast episode will feature a unique topic to help you. My name is Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of puretinnitus.com. Let's get ahead with the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pure Tinnitus and Hearing Podcast, episode number 18. Today, we are here with Diane. Diane has reached out to me. We had a tinnitus consultation. We became friends and we wanted to share Diane's story to potentially help someone else who's listening or watching. So, Diane, you've had tinnitus for six years. Please tell us what you've learned over the years and a little bit about your story. Yeah, so um, it's good to talk to you again, Ben. Um, Yes, I've had tinnitus for almost six years now. It started 2015 in November. And, you know, I was working kind of a stressful job. I mean, it was a job I really loved. I'm a health coach. So I was traveling the country. I was giving presentations, um, working with a, a local company here in my hometown. But I had crazy hours. I was up late doing screenings. Um, I would be up early. Just a lot of inconsistency in my life. Wasn't eating at regular times, wasn't exercising at regular times. And I remember having a conversation with one of my coworkers saying, you know, this is getting really hard. (laughs) I'm not 20 anymore. So keeping the schedule is getting a little stressful. I don't know how long I can keep this up. And I probably had that conversation a couple different times over the year of probably, well, probably between 2014 and 2015, you know, and I would just keep pushing through because I really liked my job. I I loved what I did. And then after a six day trip out to Michigan, and we were doing a lot of screenings, a lot of presentations, I came home and the next morning I had to get up early again for another screening. And I woke up and I had this sort of muffled feeling in my ear and also this noise kind of ringing, but it was sort of low level. And I thought, oh, that's kind of odd. I don't ever remember having sort of muffled hearing before, but I kind of shook it off. And I went to my screening and I was still kind of, you know, aware of it, but I, I wasn't really bothered by it. But after a couple days, it wouldn't go away. It was just remaining. And then I started to get concerned. And then after about a week or so of that, and just being overworked and overtired, you know, I kind of went from zero to about 60 in terms of anxiousness. (laughs) I became quite anxious, quite depressed. And to kind of shorten the story a little bit, in about three weeks, I lost about 17 pounds. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't get rid of the noise. It was quite disturbing. So I had to do something and I went and found help. I went and saw a professional. I went to an ENT. You know, I kind of did the route that probably a lot of your listeners have done or thinking about doing or was told to do. Go see an ENT. I saw two of them, you know, put you on steroids, which made me crazy. <laughs> Had an MRI of my head to make sure it wasn't, I think they called it acoustic neuroma, right? They wanted to rule that out and, and any, any other physical cause. And finally, I ended up really, I, I ended up seeing, you know, a psychiatrist and said, I can't live like this. I need to do something. And they recommended some medication for a while, which kind of brought my anxiety down. But I didn't know any tools at that time. I had no tools. So I found you. Thank God. (laughs) Let's stop for a second and bring us back into that state when you're sort of frantic, high anxiety, looking for help. You are right now a wellness coach and you have been for many years. So how would you have counseled yourself as a wellness coach, knowing what you know now 
about the relationship between tinnitus, anxiety, and how that affected you, Diane? Yeah, that's a really good question. <clears throat> I would have counseled myself a lot different, a lot differently. Well, I think recommending to get some professional help is always a good idea. So in whatever way that makes sense for the person who's suffering the tinnitus, so whether that's through you know, some professional counseling, seeing somebody who's a specialist in tinnitus or audiology, such as yourself. I didn't know anybody at that time. Also getting online, finding out information, good information, not going onto chat rooms or forums where people are sort of fear mongering and telling you you'll never get rid of it or you'll, you know, it, it's going to get worse or any of those negative things I completely did avoid. I did find another person who you know, Julian Cowan Hill, and I started to teach myself and educate myself about what is tinnitus, right? What are its causes? How do you treat it? Is it treatable? And yes, it is. It is treatable. And yes, you can live with it. And yes, it can get a lot better. So I didn't know that in the beginning, but after educating myself and getting to the right people, I learned a lot. And my life is extremely happy and much better than I could have ever imagined living with tinnitus. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And you had sought out different professional help, ear, nose, and throat doctor, psychiatrist to manage stress and anxiety, ear, nose, and throat doctor to hopefully rule out a medical structural cause of hearing mm -hmm. loss or something of that sort. And then realizing sometimes those professionals don't have extra resources. So then going to a tinnitus specialist, and it seems like you also took a more holistic approach of managing stress and anxiety and sleep. Yes, I did. So I ended up quitting my job. <laughs> I mean, I, I I had to, you know, I had sort of a, I don't know if I can say this, a come to Jesus meeting <laughs> with myself. And I said, I, I just can't keep doing this. The schedule is not good for me. I'm 61 now. I was 55 at the time. I still have a lot of energy and I had a lot of energy then, but I had to realize that stress is a huge driver of tinnitus, as you know, and I had to find ways to really mitigate my stress and do something that was not going to exacerbate my tinnitus. And I also had to try to figure out what other triggers could be driving my tinnitus. So it did take me time, but the best thing I did was to quit my job and find something that was more suitable for my age and my, my lifestyle, you know, that was better for my well-being. I did get sound therapy. And I know you've talked about sound therapy. I did end up going to a clinic in Arizona at the time because I live in Cleveland and there was nothing here in Cleveland that I knew of. And it just so happened I was going there on vacation and I happened to see that they were opening a new clinic the week I was going there on vacation. So I went, I saw them, they were great. Um, I did get sound therapy. I did use this, the sound generators for almost two years straight. And I would say that helped tremendously coupled with all the education, all the mitigation strategies, the stress management, you know, you do have to eat well, you have to do everything you can to support your well-being and your health, because you can't do one thing and then leave the rest, you know, not untouched if you need to make improvements. So and was your hearing in the normal range or did you have a degree of hearing loss from a test? Yeah, so that's a good question, too. For my age, they said it was in the normal range. They said I had a little bit of, they said, age-related normal loss, but nothing that required hearing aids at the time. But again, that was, you know, a few years ago. Okay. But So you reached out to an audiologist, a clinic, and you pursued ear-level sound generators, which is typically part of 
tendinous retraining therapy. And that means also one-on-one education, one-on-one counseling for an extended period of time. So those sound generators providing constant sound therapy, did that provide immediate relief and long-term? Tell us more about that for those who don't know. Yeah. So it did provide immediate relief. It did. There's something very comforting of having this gentle, and they actually program it to your range of tinnitus. So it's not just they're throwing sort of a generic sound generator on your ears and you have to go through a battery of you know testing so that they can program it accordingly to your tinnitus level. But yeah, it provided immediate relief and using it definitely unwound <laughs> my anxiety And I would wear it for about six hours. It took me a little bit of time to adjust to it. Uh, Just, I mean, it's tiny. So you don't really feel the wires, a tiny little plastic wire, but I still knew I had them in my ears. So it took a little time to adjust. But after that, it was fine. And to this day, six years later, if I happen to have a spike, I still use them. Okay, so you've learned that there's multiple pillars of success here. There's multiple factors that are used to habituate, to get better, to recover from tinnitus. Sound therapy is one of them. What else did you learn was very beneficial for your experience of getting better? So definitely having a regular sleep schedule, because when you don't sleep, everything is worse. And as a health coach, I know that, and I work with my clients on having a good sleep hygiene because everything else just falls down. It's like dominoes, you know, sleep is the top. If you push that domino over, everything else just goes badly. (laughs) So having a sleep routine, getting up at the same time, for sure, exercising. I know you have a meditation practice, Ben, but I don't have a specific meditation practice, but I know that every day when I get out in nature and I walk, to me, that's meditative. I feel connected to the planet and that makes me feel better. So I suppose I, I reap, you know, stress management from that feeling one <laughs> with the, the universe. And I also have other things that I do. I have pillow speakers. I keep them under my pillow every night and I, and I listen to nature sounds that helps me sleep. I stay hydrated. I make sure that I have good connections with family and good family support. So all these pillars of well-being make a difference and they all impact your tinnitus to some degree. And I, when we worked together recently, I wrote down a quote you said, which was, if the level doesn't get softer, I can still live with that. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us and our listeners about the volume of your tinnitus and if or how that has changed over the six years? Yeah, so, okay, so how do I answer that from the beginning? Because in the beginning I wasn't habituated and so to me, the sound was really loud. It seemed really loud because I had nothing else to really compare it to like I do today. And in the beginning, when my nervous system was very riled and amped up, I also had a little bit of hyperacusis. So I couldn't take loud noises. They would make me very anxious. And I had to wear earplugs a lot going out to, now that we can go back to restaurants, I'm not worried about it. But when we were going to restaurants before the pandemic, I would often have earplugs in my ears. And I was always concerned about having earplugs. You know, wonder if I went some place that had loud noise. I don't worry about that really anymore. So now I would say the volume of my tinnitus is, I guess it's fairly mild. I, I wouldn't say it's loud. The times when it spikes, to me, it sounds loud or louder. So maybe I rate it on a one to 10 scale. So maybe my baseline's a two or a three. Some days it's a one, some days I don't even hear it. And then when it spikes, maybe it spikes up to seven or an eight. That's just my 
observation of it. And then if it really bothers me, I'll put my sound generators in. But most of the time it lands around, you know, between a one and a three, probably in terms of loudness. Thanks for sharing that because sometimes people are told, look, that's forever. Tinnitus is forever. And what's not explained is that the volume, the perception of the sound does change over time. So if I have a very mild pain in my knee, then I'm able to live and I don't even, I rarely think about it. And I can still live a healthy, happy life. But if someone tells me, oh, that knee pain because of a certain condition, it's not going to go away. They're not wrong by saying that, but the language is a little off. So can you explain to us, I took another quote, a note from when we worked together. You said that you understand tinnitus more. And that was a big part of understanding what it is and what it is not. In your mind or in your experience, what were the big lessons of learning what tinnitus is and what it is not, understanding it? Well, I learned you're not going to die from it, for <laughs> one. And I learned that it's not necessarily connected to hearing loss. So that just because you have tinnitus, it doesn't mean you're doomed to lose your hearing. I mean, there's normal hearing loss as we age, but it's not a sign that there's something medically or physically wrong necessarily with your auditory nerves or that are your whole auditory structures. So that's comforting to know that because when you first get tinnitus, you're wondering, oh my gosh, you know, you, you panic. You're like, am I going to lose my hearing? And that's not really the case probably for most people. So that made me feel better. And just the education in general around tinnitus, what it is, what it isn't. And it's not coming from your ears. It's generated from the brain and that we're still learning about it. You know, it's, it's an area of interest for um, a lot of people who do this research and there's ongoing research. And I think there's always, there's hope for everybody. Nobody's a lost cause. Thank you, Diane. And your work, when you work as a health coach, what kind of ages or demographics do you typically work with? What kind of conditions or common themes do you see as a health wellness coach? So I work with probably mostly middle age sector people, generally from their mid 40s or 40s to up to and through their 60s. That's the most of the age range. I do. I mean, I'll talk to anybody that wants to talk with me, but that's my typical target population. Um, and I think that's because I like to kid my clients and I say, you know, we, we have a warranty till about 40. And then that warranty expires. <laughs> so if you haven't started taking care, care of yourself up until 40, you better start now <laughs> because it gets a lot harder if you don't. Yeah. So mostly I would say the majority of my clients want to talk about weight loss and weight management, that most people struggle with their eating habits along with trying to manage a healthy weight or healthy BMI. So that, that's a big, big part of my practice and great. sleep health and stress management and tobacco cessation are some of the others. Okay, great. And every day I work with tinnitus patients via telehealth who are working through anxiety or stress or insomnia. From your perspective, how do all these systems connect irrespective of tinnitus? If someone comes to you and says, I'm having stress, I'm feeling anxious, I'm having a hard time sleeping, and it's been it's been like this for weeks or months. What are your your simple go-to fundamentals? Yeah, and that's a great question. So the first thing I would ask that client is if they've been to a doctor or had a consult or had some kind of physical, just to rule out that there isn't anything physically wrong or any physical um, issue causing their their sleep issue or their anxiety or or if they have some depression because there are physical causes for these things. And if that's been ruled out, 
then I would talk to them about probably starting with sleep. Because again, if you don't have a good sleep hygiene, if you have insomnia, if you have things keeping you up, your anxiety and depression are, are usually exacerbated. You know, they're, they're, they're usually made, made worse when you don't, when you can't sleep on a regular basis. And it's not missing a couple hours of sleep here and there. That's not really the issue. It's the chronic not being able to sleep. It's the chronic insomnia and sleep issues. So I would start, start with that. I, I think one of the go-tos, you know, is trying to unravel what the source is. You know, so if there's something causing you stress, if you have ruminating thoughts at night, you know, what are some of the strategies that you can do to mitigate that, right? So we would talk, talk about that, you know, journaling or even perhaps seeing a professional. So that, that, that's where it starts. Yeah, starting with sleep is the foundation. And do you have a message for someone who may be in the first three months of a sudden onset tinnitus? It seems that you had been through the ringer of sorts in the first few months of your experience. What kind of advice would you have for your younger self? I would say work with you. <laughs> Find Ben. <laughs> That's my first piece of advice <laughs> is, you know, find somebody that can help and support you and help you understand that there is help for your tinnitus. There are many, many strategies that you can learn and adapt to that will help your tinnitus. And if, if you have questions, this, these are the places to find the answers is, you know, your website, your YouTube channel, your podcasts, um, because, you know, as far as knowing what you, what you know about tinnitus, I, I, I think that you are, you know, you're right there at the top of people to go to. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And from hearing, thank you. I'm humbled by that. Thank you. From what you said, I also heard that understanding what can be done and that this is not a forever curse. It's a symptom that can change over time and empowering the individual to learn what can be done externally, internally to facilitate that change, to make it as quick and easy as possible. And yes, professional support is, is very important and it is a great tool. And also some individuals are managing this without. So yes, find the right path. Definitely know that there is real support out there, whether it's with me or someone else. Well, Diane, thank you for coming on this podcast episode. It's really great to host you and meet you. I want to include your contact info or website, which we will include in the description of this video on YouTube for anyone interested. And I'll leave it to you here, podcast episode 18, if you have any final messages for the community here. I would say don't give up because there is definitely hope. You can live a full, happy life having tinnitus and there are ways to manage it so that you're just going back to baseline. You know, you can be the happy person you were beforehand. Thank That's you so much, Diane. And, and Diane has agreed to answer any questions in the YouTube comments or put her contact information in the YouTube description. So please reach Absolutely. out. And that's very nice of her. Well, thank you, everyone. And again, we make these videos to inspire, motivate, and affirm that there is help for tinnitus and there's a lot we can do. So thank you, everyone. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read the notes from this episode or learn about our tinnitus services, head over to puretinnitus.com. And make sure you're subscribed to this podcast for our newest episodes. 